everybody. I'm Matt Rosenthal, and welcome to Digging In, the show that reveals and digs into what it truly takes to be a success in business, in life, in health, and how you can use this information to reach your own potential. You're going to hear powerful stories on today's show. I've got a great guest on, and I hope that it truly inspires and educates you. That really is the point of, of doing this podcast. It's intended to help you reach your potential, and hopefully in some way you're able to do that after you get today's information. Got an awesome guest on today. His name is David Gerber, truly one of the coolest guys that I know. You can tell by the, the guitars in the background. I just got to point out that before we hit the record button, he and I went through the, the, the process of finding just the right guitar to be in the background. I think he's got 65 of these things. But it was, a, it was between the Eddie Van Halen guitar and his custom-made Wolfgang Capital guitar. So um, I want to welcome Dave to the show and just tell you real quick, he's got 25 years of hedge fund experience. He started out as an accountant. I'm sure I'll talk about his background today, but his time in the hedge fund world taught him some valuable lessons. He's got some bombs he's going to drop today on some, some secrets to his success, things that I'm sure everybody can, uh, can, can relate to and can probably use in their own, uh, their own businesses and their own endeavors. Uh, he's got a tremendous perspective when it comes to finances, to, to looking at numbers, to connecting it to business. And I think probably one of the coolest things about what I've gotten from talking with him is his ability to connect with people and to understand people and to put things out there in a way where you take the business and, and the financial conversations and, and how businesses should run and you communicate that to people in a way where they can really connect and really understand and really feel they're getting some value. So with that being said, one of the coolest guys I know, this is Dave Gerber. What's up, Davey? Uh, thanks for that buildup, Matt. I, uh, I appreciate it. And I just, before we start, I just want to make one um, clarification as it relates to our company, Wolfgang Capital, just to get this. It's that guitar behind me there. It's not a Wolfgang Capital guitar. It's actually stems off Van Halen's son, Wolfgang Van Halen. And that's a line of guitars that he put out. So it's actually the Wolfgang guitar. And that's how I came up with the name of the company. I was sitting in my home office here. I needed the name of a company and I was looking around at all my guitars. Um, it's much more than 65 now, just don't tell my wife. Um, and I saw the Wolfgang and I said, Wolfgang Capital, that seems to work. And it's been a couple great years since, so. That's awesome. And yeah. I will we'll just tell her not to watch the, the podcast once it's released and she'll have no idea. Exactly. So listen, today's, today's topic is, it's a self-starter mindset and, and what it takes to win. I know that, that you're, you're self-made. I mean, I've heard your story so many times and uh, I think it's really cool, you know, that, and that, that you started with, um, I don't want to say with nothing, you'll tell your own story, but you started in a way where you, you chose to build something and maybe from the beginning you, weren't, you didn't know what you were building, but you knew you were building something and you made a lot of mistakes, I'm sure, along the way, learned a lot of lessons. And, uh, and let's, we, should, we should really jump into that today and see if we can bring some value and, and help people uh, you know, learn from, from your experiences. So tell me, take me back to the beginning and I don't, you know, from, from maybe childhood and, and did you have entrepreneurial, um, I don't know, spirit? Did you find that you were like more creative than people around you? Like, how did it all start? I know the end, but how did it begin? Sure, sure. You're taking me back a few years because I'm, I'm a few years older than you. But um, yeah, you know what it is? It, it came out of necessity. You know, I came from a middle-class family in northern New Jersey, much like yourself. 
And I've been working since I'm 10 years old. And uh, whether it was putting together, you know, the Sunday New York Times on Saturday afternoon at the stationery store and the owner of the store was pretty smart. He would pay us in quarters. So we'd put the quarters right back into the pinball machines and uh, he got his papers done for free. So, um, but I've been working since that time. Um, you know, again, you want to go to the movies, you want to go to the arcade, you want to go out with your friends, you want to go to Burger King, you work. And um, you know, so I always had that ingrained in me. Um, and it's something I enjoy. Um, you know, I'm not embarrassed to admit um, certainly earlier in my career, a lot of it was driven financially um, by money. Um, you know, not necessarily the material things, but the things that the comfort and the security that, you know, people have the perception that money can bring. And, um, but I think a big turning point for me was when I graduated high school, you know, I was a decent student, um, but, you know, coming from a, a middle-class family, um, you know, we didn't have a lot to, you know, in terms of college savings and stuff. And uh, I almost didn't go to college. And uh, two weeks before, it was like mid-August, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to Montclair State, which is where, what we could afford. Um, you know, I got into some better schools that I liked, but it just didn't work out that way. And that's just fine. Um, because a lot of the great things have come from that. But the, a big turning point was literally because I was so late wanting to go to Montclair State, there was no housing available. Again, it was mid-August. So they said, look, you can come as a student, but we have no housing. So I got a car loan, bought my car, and I started commuting. And about a month in, uh, some housing came available. And this was my turning point. I moved, I took that housing right away. Yeah, I wanted to have the college experience. And I moved on campus and the very first night, uh, a couple guys next door to me in the, in the dorm invited me to go to a party. And I said, oh, wow, that, that's cool. Like, I'm one of the cool kids now. I get to go to a party. And I said, uh, hey, should we bring beer? You know, and I, I wasn't 21 at the time, but, you know, I think the statute of limitations have run on that one. I think you're okay so, now. Yeah. So I said, should we bring beer? And they're like, beer, we don't have any money. And I said to them, don't you guys work? And they said, work? No, we're on financial aid. You know, the state's paying for our education. And they just, you know, so they partied their way out of school by the end of freshman year. And what I realized then was, look, I'm not at Harvard. I'm not at an Ivy League school. But if these are my surroundings, I'm going to use what I've done for the last 10, 10 years or so since I started working is... Yeah, I may not be the smartest guy in the room, uh, certainly not. Um, but I said, wait a minute, what can I control? Well, if I just outwork everybody, I'll be okay. And I just wanted to be okay. So I said, if this is what I'm up against, I'm just going to work really, really hard. And I worked three jobs to put myself through college. I worked full time. Uh, and it was a great experience. And, uh, you know, freshman year was also a highlight of my life. I not only had that realization, but that's when I met my, my current wife. So we've been together since that time. And, um, you know, she was very supportive of me throughout my career. I studied accounting. I was always good with numbers. I was always good with business. I was always hustling something, whether it be, you know, even at that age, a real estate deal or, or something. And, um, 
Can you I know, I always you right had... there for, for a second? Sure. Because you said so many things, like I, I can't, I can't write them all down. Okay. Uh, you just mentioned two things that I think it's worth just taking a second to dive into because they're so relevant to, to what what it takes to win. You're 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 you're, you're describing it. I mean, this hustle. You know, what, where does that hustle come from? And, and that you know, I can relate to what you said about this feeling of not being the smartest guy in the room. You don't have to be, but if you outwork everybody, that 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 might be one of these keys. I mean, right? Is that is that what you're saying? Like when you're just working harder than everybody else, it takes it does do something. There's some there's some connection there, right? Yeah, I mean that is it. Look, even when I'm alone in a room, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. And <laughs> and uh, no, but in all seriousness, it's just everybody has the ability to work hard. Everybody has the ability to push themselves. And I just had it in me for whatever, again, I said, because of necessity, when I was a younger guy, I want to go to the arcade on Saturday. I want to go to the movies. And my parents couldn't always do that for us. You know, they tried really right. hard. They did what they could, but I wanted to do those things as a teenager. But you could have chosen not to, to work so hard. You could have chosen to just be like, all right, you know, I don't have them. So whatever, but it's like, you made a choice. Like I want certain things i have a certain vision of what i want and something happened where you're like I, I i connect that to i need to work i need to work hard to make these things happen yeah and and that's yeah. what it is i mean there's no shortcuts you have to work that's hard beautiful. there is no there are no shortcuts no you, you know what's interesting dave hard. i noticed tell, i don't i don't want to uh you know uh single out a generation but i i, I do notice that is my generation is your generation and there's probably another one or two after mine that brings us up to um, some of the people that we that I see coming out of, uh, in, into the workforce now that work with um, that are younger. It seems like there's something that's changed over the past few decades where that work hard, like and and put in time, put in your ten years, put in your twenty years, like knowing that you've got to put that time in and knowing that you you need to do that. You got to fail. You got to have experiences. It seems like everybody just wants things to automatically just happen now. Like all of a sudden there's, you could shortcut it, but you can't shortcut it. There's no shortcut. Look, it's even more relevant today is it's intense competition. Mm -hmm. I went through this with my uh, now college graduated sons who, um, you know, one of the goals that my wife and I had when we got married was if we have a family, we want those boys to get the best education they could. Of course. Um, you know, which is something that we both didn't have the opportunity. It's not that we got a bad education, but, you know, in, in a perfect world, I wouldn't have gone where I went. I would have gone to a, a, a school with maybe a better reputation, but then arguably I wouldn't be here today and certainly wouldn't have met my wife. So, um, but I see with my boys, every kid is smart. Every kid is prepared. And it's just the, the competition and you have to just outwork people and be different. You know, don't be cookie cutter. You know, you know, a lot of the kids who go to the certain schools, they're pre-programmed from a young age, whether it be, you know, boarding school to private schools, to college, to things like that. They're just, they're all the same. You know, they play, they letter in two or three sports. Um, but every kid is like that, you know, certainly at the, at the competitive levels, at the highest levels. So, um, yeah, you know, it just wasn't like that 30 years ago when we did this. Um, 
or maybe it was, and maybe we just didn't participate and we sort of just said, we'll be at the top of our group um, or we want to be at the top of our group, which doesn't mean us make us at the top of the world, but who cares? You know, we just want to be happy. And, um, but I think nothing has changed in that there's no shortcuts. You just have to work hard. There's no shortcut. I mean, arguably there's a whole other show we can do on society may have changed, but you're right. It's, I don't see that it's ever going to change that regardless of what school you go to and what pedigree you have and what education you have, unless there's something very specific and special that you came out to, of college to do, like to be a brain surgeon. And even, even then that working hard and standing out possibly through creative thinking, uh, critical thinking, the ability to see what other people don't see, like you have that ability and you've, you've recognized, I'm sure over the years that, you see things people don't see and, and, and that forces you to naturally be a leader, right? Because you see opportunity, you see things that could be done better, smarter, faster. And that's, that's part of even when you were in college and when you were finding your way, there was something guiding you. And it was this like sixth sense, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think people have said that to me over the years, but again, what was driving me was I just wanted to be great. And I, you know, I wanted to be successful. Well, what does that even mean? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, and you know, that's one thing we go through in our business now with our clients. One of the first things we do on in the interview is we ask them to define success. You know, what does success mean to them in their business so we can be most helpful? Uh, and everybody has a different definition. Everybody has different criteria for success. So there's no, I want to be successful. Well, what is, you know, is it financially? Is it intellectually? I just want to be happy. Do I want to help people? You know, what does that mean? And um, I think if you can see that and you can help identify that over time, it becomes that much clearer to be there and to be successful, you know, whatever that may take, whatever that may be in your own definition. And when you so, talk about what it takes to, to you know, to, to, to win, that in and of itself is, are we talking about uh, financially? Are we talking about uh, health? Are we talking about in your family and your personal life? Um, arguably, because you and I are, are more evolved and we've, we've, we'll be on the planet for longer than possibly some, some people that might be watching this. We may say that success isn't about money anymore. It might be that success is about finding happiness and joy and really helping other people and, and just delivering value to other people. And in any way you can, but even, even our wives or our children, there's an evolution of what success means and what winning means, right? From being 20 to being uh, 40 in your 40s and 50s. Or a little older. Um, or 60s or 70s. Yeah, well, it really not, makes not a yet, difference. Not yet, but uh, I hear you. But look, one of the things I did when you, um, you know, asked me to, uh, to join you in the, in the um, podcast today was I thought about some of the questions you asked me. And... Um, I just lost my train of thought. Um, I'm just going to pause for three seconds. Okay. We're talking about success at different, different points in life and what it really means to be successful. I, I lost my train of thought. Okay. Um, I had something that was relevant. You'll come back to it. But I have another question for you that, that on, on sure. the same topic of, of like kind of thinking outside the box and seeing things different than other people. At some point, did you notice that as you were finding, let's, let's go with success being um, financial success and success in business. 
in the different places where you were working and contributing, did you find that people were beginning to look at you differently and treat you differently because you were standing out? Absolutely, yes. Um, you know, when I was really young in my career, when I was in public accounting, I worked hard, but, you know, I would go in on Saturdays when nobody was there and I would go to the tax library and read. Now, that's really boring. Okay. Well, you're in accounting. I know, but, you know, going on a, like, I have nothing better to do on a Saturday than go to the tax library. But, you know, truthfully, in hindsight, being 100% objective, I was viewed a little bit as, you know, a suck up or, you know, he's just trying to get points with the partners or whatever. And I was like, no, I'm really interested in this stuff. Like, don't you guys see this? And, um, you know, I started to get a reputation as I went into private industry that, wow, this guy, he, he, he has something. You know, let's, let's listen to him. You know, and that's validating. Um, you know, especially with, with humble background, when people come to you and say, well, you know, Hey, what do you think about this? What's your opinion? Hey, you know what? You're, you're a, you're a smart guy. What do you think? That's a really good feeling at a young age. You know, Isn't when it also people... weird though, when that happens, like you, you, you're like, wait, I, I am the expert. I, I, I really do have this valuable information. People are looking to me. It's an interesting feeling. It feels good, but it's also like, wait, Really? Well, th that's right. You're like, who, me? You're talking to <laughs> right. Me. Um, exactly. But, you know, look, I, 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 would, I think at that age, you know, expert is, is a little bit of a push. But, um, but, yeah, you started to get it built confidence. Like, you know, and, hey, maybe I'm onto something here. Maybe if I keep working hard. And, and look, I was putting in a lot of time back then. And, uh, you know, my wife said to me, you know, when am I going to see you? You know, I was working every weekend and, you know, most nights. And um, I said, just trust me. I know what I'm doing. I can see it. I said, when I'm 35 years old, I'm going to retire and I'm going to manage 80s heavy metal bands, hence the guitars. And, uh, you know, truthfully, I, I did that. I mean, I didn't manage the bands, but I did retire for the first time at 40. But um but again, I realized with my background, I was like, no, I need to work. Like, I need to have to validate my existence because uh, that's how I defined myself of hard work and success and being driven. So I feel like you're, you're, you're leaving something out, though, because you, you and I talk a lot. And I hear when you're talking about what you just said, I, I hear excitement and passion when you tell me stories about what you're doing now. And I don't ever hear the excitement and the passion. It's not ever about money. It's never, it's, it's about the feeling that I hear you telling me about when you're helping people reach their goals because you've done it already. You see the path. You, and I hear you talking to me about how good that makes you feel. Well, That's what I hear. Yeah, you're right. So I think it's probably helpful to take a quick step back is you yeah. know, over the course of my hedge fund career. I mean, when I started, I didn't even know what a hedge fund was. And I got hired by a relatively unknown firm, which is one of the largest and most successful firms in the world today. And I was employee number 35. And uh, we didn't know any better than to work hard and figure stuff out. And we, you know, launching the first offshore fund or doing certain tax deferrals and things. And, 
you know, it was cutting edge stuff back in the mid nineties. And, you know, over those years, I said, you know, my job is to help the people I work with so that to facilitate, you know, I had one client now. So I started in public accounting, which that's a service business where you have various different clients and you provide accounting and advisory services to them. Well, when I became the controller of the hedge fund, I said, wait a minute, now I just have one client and I just have to make one person happy. And it wasn't one person, but it was the trading desk. Right. And we developed systems and they started to listen to me. You know, you had people make, you know, vastly more financially successful than I was, vastly better educated than I was certainly from their education. And now they're listening to me. I'm like, wait Good a minute. Feeling. It's a great feeling because I had for all those years, you know, I had something called Ivy Envy, you know, Ivy, and Ivy, Envy? Ivy Envy, like Ivy and, League. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it got to the point where, wow, these people are listening to me and they're following my advice and they trust me. And it got to the point, Matt, where when I was a co-founder of another hedge fund, um, the people who work in who were working in theory for me were all Ivy League people. And I was the boss or a boss. They all followed you. They all had confidence in you. They all trusted you. That's what I was referring to before. I'm not sure you can teach that to somebody because again, I I know you and I know that there's a way that you have um, of of people warming up to you and um, of you carrying yourself. But that, I wrote something down when you were talking that the confidence that you, that you built by sitting in the library, for example, by educating yourself, by having so much information and having so much knowledge, which le- does lead to confidence, like preparing for a meeting. I mean, if you're prepared, you're confident. Um, other people begin to have trust in you because you're, you're not that you're always right, but there's a, um, there's a certainty that you carry that comes from your experience. And it sounds like people began to follow that. Maybe they lacked the confidence and the certainty, regardless of the Ivy League school that they went to. That's an education that, you know, they got from reading books and taking tests. Your education mostly came from life, right? Absolutely. And and I just want to, one thing you said is, um, me, you, doesn't matter. We're definitely not always right. I've made tons of mistakes. And, you know, that's a whole nother issue of resiliency and bouncing back. But, you know, I have to take a chance and take a risk. You're going to make a mistake. But if you measure your risk reward and say, what's the worst that could happen? What's the worst that brilliant. could happen? It's a brilliant point. And when you think about that, that's the worst that could happen? Oh, that's not so bad, you know? And, you know, I think the other thing is I'm, I'm just like everybody else. You know, I'm a regular guy just trying to do the right thing, just trying to work hard, live this life. And um, I think that's one of the reasons why I connect with people. I'm who I am, you know, there's my guitars. I'm wearing a Marshall amplifier t-shirt. Um, I did that at your asking, but, um, but this is sort of who I am. So I'm no different. You know, I don't put on any fronts for people. It's just, this is who I am. And when you're real, people trust you. And when you can speak to your experience and you have a record to back it up and support, you know, a certain level of success, whatever it is, you know, as it pertains to business, people are going to say, well, 
okay, I trust this person. I have confidence that he can lead me or she can lead me. Um, brilliant though. It's a brilliant, brilliant point. And it's a vibe that people get, you know, and yeah. by the way, you're going to attract just like in your endeavor. Now you're attracting people that are like-minded. Yes. They, they, you carry yourself with certainty and confidence as you should. And they trust you as they should, but there's, it goes beyond that because I hear you telling me the stories of these people that are connecting with you and they're, they're entrusting you with, um, you know, some serious, um, things you can I'll, you talk later about what you're doing now but sure. they you're attracting like-minded people you're, you're not gonna have people that work with you that want to work with you that that don't feel good about it so it's like okay dave's a rock and roll hedge fund star right so this is the guy he's got the guitars he's got the the, the acdc t-shirts and, and if, if you love him then you love him you know and and you, you are attracting some really like-minded people that i know value you like really intensely yeah, yeah, I mean, I, look, it's the ability to execute. That's what it all comes yeah. down to. Um, but I, I have a couple expressions. I try to simplify things um, and break them down. You know, there's a very fine line between confidence and arrogance. You know, totally true. Totally true. Um, there's nothing wrong with being confident. Uh, I'm sorry, there's nothing wrong with being confident. Arrogance is like... It's like false confidence in a way. It's like you think you know what you're talking about, but you don't. So should we follow this guy into a fire? Exactly. And uh, look, there's nothing wrong with being confident. There's everything wrong with being arrogant. 100%. Just it turns people off. You know, nobody likes a a, a braggardly person. Um, You know, they may think that inspires confidence. And look, it does with some people. It's just not my style. And that's okay. But um, you know, these little things, you know, there's a, there's a very small difference. I just thought about this one the other day between swagger and stagger. Oh my God. That's, you I gotta know? write that one down. That's brilliant. Hold on. You know, and it's just, killer. you, you want to just, you know, it's lessons you learn over Love time. It. And, you know, it doesn't matter who you're dealing with. Most of the time people are just like you. And Everybody gets up in the morning and puts their pants on the same way. I mean, exactly. one leg at a time. And it's, it, it is helpful to your point to keep that in mind. Everybody's got fears underneath it all. Everybody's got some worries. What's the, um, plenty of people have the, I'm not good enough going on underneath it. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what, how, how expensive their suit is or how loud their voice is underneath it all. We're kind of all the same. We're all exactly. Most of us are the same. Yeah. And, um, and we should have no shame in that because again, you're just connecting with people. And when you connect with somebody, you build a sense of trust. And if they trust you, they're more willing to want to be around you. And that's really important in business. Um, you know, nobody wants to feel they can't ask a question because they're going to be judged. Nobody wants to feel they don't have an opinion uh, because they're not senior enough. And, you know, that's how I run our firm is we have weekly calls with our whole team. What's going on? What do you have to say? What's going on? How can we be helpful to each other? Yeah, totally. People um, want to be heard. They really do. And especially, I know we're getting off track a little bit, but if they want, if you want people to follow you, um, you know, look, at some point, somebody has to make a decision, but the process of, of having everybody have a voice on, on your team 
um, if you, if we want anybody to buy into what it is that, that our vision is and where we're, we're taking any, any company, they got to feel like they're part of, of the creating of that vision and that they have a voice. And I think it's kind of what you're saying. In fact, I think it is what you're saying. And uh, you can't judge. We can't judge people. You know, <laughs> you know, we know how we feel when we're judged and um, it doesn't feel good. Really yeah, does. I, th I think um, uh, going off topic a little bit in terms of leadership, one thing I learned recently that I struggled with for years is, you know, we talked about people wanting to have an opinion or wanting to have the comfort to speak up. And I think that's important. Um, but giving people the leeway to have an opinion, to make a mistake is so important. And I realized this recently is people want to work hard. People want to be heard their ideas. And I learned that recently and, and our team is thriving as a result. You know, I used to have guilt. Oh, oh, you can't figure, I'll just do it. Give me that. I'll, I'll figure it out. And then, you know, go home. Don't worry about it. And that's actually insulting to really it driven is. people. And I didn't realize that until somebody pointed it out. It's like, let me figure it out. Give me a chance. And I've been incredibly pleasantly surprised and uh, blown away by the results. So I, I sidetrack a little bit, but um, I just in terms of being a leader, it's, it's trusting the people to make decisions, not even make the right decisions, just make decisions. Because nothing we do, we're not, you know, we're not in the medical profession, you know, we're not making life and death decisions real time. We're making business decisions that right. hopefully are right in both the short term and long term, but there's nothing that's going to be uh, sabotaging. Yeah, I mean, we're not, uh, you know, we're not building rocket ships over here. Dave, I'm going to pause for a second. I got to turn the light on. Okay. My, my battery is going dead on my leg over here. I can see my shiny head now. Sure. Don't cut that out. Give me two seconds. We'll, I'll pick this up where we left off. So one other point, actually, you were, you were mentioning before, you actually were talking about turning points, right? Things that happen. There's so many things, right, along this, this journey that you've been on that have been probably forks in the road, right? And you mentioned uh, going, going to college, right? There were, there were choices you had to make at that point. I mean, is there anything like one or two real big turning points, not forks in the road, but turning points that maybe a belief change, you saw something different. And even to this day, maybe you carried that along, like you were just mentioning about, that's a great example, what you just talked about, you know, how you, how, how you give people the opportunity to, to make their own decisions. That's probably a turning point for you. At some point that, that belief came in, right? And, and, and you lead that way. Is there one or two others that kind of fall into that category? Yeah, there's definitely one that comes to mind. Um, you know, we talked earlier uh, about, success being, you know, early in my career being defined financially, you know, as, as most young professionals are. Yeah. Um, a big turning point for me is, um, you know, we talked about making mistakes. Um, sometimes you, you just can't see it, you know, or you don't want to hear it. Um, and, you know, that's really important. I've been really fortunate to have some, a, a great business mentor, uh, several, but one in particular. And I, I was going to make a professional decision. I was, I was around 30 years old. I had a, a, my 
career was on a rocket ship trajectory. And uh, I got an opportunity to leave a firm I was at to go somewhere else. And my mentor, who I didn't even realize he was mentoring me at the time, since I never really had anybody like that, but he would just sit and he started asking me a bunch of questions. And he said to me, are you sure you're betting on the right horse? And I thought about it and I just, I didn't want to hear it. You know, I was going to get paid a lot more money. It was, you know, that's what was important to me at that age. So I just sort of blew him off. I said, yeah, yeah, I am. And I went to that other company and we were out of business in a year. No kidding. So what did he see that you didn't? It was just his experience and his wisdom. And, you know, one of the things that he's taught me, because he's been my mentor for since the mid nineties, uh, the first 10 years, I didn't even know it. He was following me and, and uh, not in a stalkerly way, but just following my career and being advisory uh, and building my confidence. But, you know, he had, he had more experience and he shared with me the conditions for success. And I wrote my own uh, of, of people as we get into our business. And it was just so black and white to him that I was making a mistake, but he wasn't going to tell me. Did any of the things he said, do you remember them? And did they match up to your own, what you've discovered, his keys to success? There, um, I mean, some of them are a little too personal relative to the people involved, but um, a lot of them are very similar. You know, it's basic things, you know, human behavior, uh, behavior during adversity, priorities, uh, ethics, integrity, uh, really basic things. You know, those have nothing to do with business. You know, they're fundamental. Don't they? What I'm saying is they're not specific to business. Oh, yeah. They're just governing like beliefs. Yeah, exactly. They're just they're common traits and common beliefs. That's what I meant. I didn't mean there's no ethics and integrity in business. Um, And he saw that. But he again, he's not the kind of he wanted me to figure it out myself because he, he look he could have been wrong. But odds are he wasn't, though, like he's he's. You know, to your point, he's got experience and wisdom, just like, you know, like you're paying it forward in a way. You told me a story the other day. Um, if, it's up to you if you want to share it, but about how you're helping um, some other you know, y- younger uh, people yeah. that are new into the business. Mm-hmm. And, and you're doing the same thing. You know, you, you've got beliefs. You've, you know what works. You know what doesn't work. And for those who are able to recognize the opportunity, they'll they'll jump all over getting information from you because where else the information you have, you can't read in a book. I mean, and it's, it's, this is going on for thousands of years, right? You're, 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 you're passing down secrets to success that you're not, you're not presenting that way. But if anybody's got their antennas up and they're, 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 they realize the opportunity they have in front of them to listen to Dave Gerber, it's priceless. And maybe they'll see it. Maybe they won't. Yeah. Look, and I think, it's important to point out and something that you said is I'm willing to share the secrets to my success. It doesn't mean they're going to be the secrets to your success. Um, and that's really important. You know, one of my favorite guitar players, Eric Clapton, he once said, um, in order to play the blues, you have to live the blues. Gotta feel it. And 
it's one thing to play the notes of somebody else. You know, this is very relevant to me. It's one thing to play the notes, but it's one, another to feel it. And you can learn the notes and learn the theory and then apply it to your own. And that's part of being creative and making it unique to yourself. So again, I, I share the secrets to my success, but it doesn't necessarily mean they'll be the secrets to your success because every person yeah. is, is uh, unique. You know, it's, it's so true. You mentioned a few things that, I mean, I can connect to and relate to that you, you talked about. Confidence. Um, I don't know. I feel like that's important to anybody's success. I mean, it, it's, I haven't seen many people that aren't confident be really like successful, you know, consistently where they're, they're feeling that they've, they're reaching their potential. Um, there's no, I, I, I could be wrong about that. Um, you mentioned before something about a vision. I needed to come back to this. You saw, the, I think you said you had said to your wife, uh, when I'm 35, I'll, I'll, I'll reach a certain point or I'll have achieved X, Y, and Z. You, you had a vision. You saw something and you knew that the path you were going down, you didn't know what it, how it was going to manifest itself. Right. But ultimately, you got what, to a certain spot. And I, if I had to guess, you've probably done that a few times, not just once. And, um, and that idea of, of having a vision and then executing tiny little steps every day to keep moving the ball down the field, to create momentum. Then all of a sudden you turn around one day, you're like, oh my God, look, I got this house. I know it's not about material, but it, when we're that age, it's, I got this house, I got these cars, I can join a country club. Like, wow, now, maybe after a while, it's like, that doesn't matter anymore. But you did have a vision, you did take action. And that's the connection, right? The connection is if you don't if you if you don't take action, your vision is just a dream, just a hope. Yeah, it becomes academic. You know, you, right. you're not gonna you're not gonna be a bit, be ahead of the curve by standing on your heels. You got to be on your toes, and um, that's so important at every stage, at every age. Um, you know, depending on what your goals and ambitions are, to reevaluate and say, look, I have you have to have. Think about it this way, um, relating to very simple personal finance. Um, if you want to have certain financial goals, you need a budget. Well, why? A budget is just a roadmap. You know, it doesn't mean you can't veer off course, but if you don't know where you're going, yeah. you're going to get lost. You're just going to get lost without a map. So I think along the way, it's, it's important to have a plan but you have to also be flexible and things change. And I mean, Matt, there's so many things I've learned over the course of my career in applying these basic concepts. Um, how about this one? Um, and this is how I formed our new business, um, but it's certainly how I behaved since my late twenties. Um, it costs nothing to be nice to people. Now that may sound pretty trite and, and simple, but it's, it's worked time and time again. Don't make everything transactional. It costs nothing to be nice to people. Another one, you know- Wait, wait, when, you're going too fast. Hold on, that, that's, that's, that's like a golden nugget right there. Okay. Because that, that comes back to you naturally. The universe brings that right back to you. Like if you if you treat people well and you're nice to people and you just do it 
same reason you volunteer for something. You don't expect something in return. Mm-hmm. It really does find its way back to you. Not at that moment, but that's a the way of being, which by the way, in business and, and especially where you came from, I mean, you were in a tough business with tough people, um, serious expectations and pressure. It's, it may not be so, conf, uh, so common for everybody to be nice all the time, but the reality is you are the, I don't know how you were back then because I didn't know you, but you are the nice guy. And that does come back to you. I mean, I find myself being friends with you. Like you're, you're such a nice, caring, generous guy. It's like, God, that feels good. And it's, it's like, you just want to, I want to return it because it feels so good when I get it from you. That's natural human vibes. People are just connecting that way. Yeah, well, it, it does feel good. I mean, it's such a simple thing. It yeah. costs nothing to be yeah. nice to people. And it takes a tremendous amount of energy to not be nice to somebody. Think about that. You have to think about it. Like you have to be angry. You got to be like, I don't know, jealous or there's got to be yeah, something that's going on. You want to cheat somebody or you want to get over yeah. on somebody. It's just- That takes a lot of thought yeah, and wasted yeah. negative energy. Yeah, and, and it's always be grateful. You know, people, when people give you their time, they can't take that back. You're dropping serious stuff now. Well, like, I'm just, grateful yeah. is like, that's hardcore. That's, that's these, these are things that have really- just worked and um gotta be real though i mean you can't fake being great yeah you you, right i mean look i appreciate so much what you did thank you no man like i i really appreciate what you did like yeah it means so much to me it had such an impact on me and it's got to be real and i I actually can look at you and say that because you've had you've you've impacted my life so (laughs) but being grateful is like maybe that's number one i mean mean, maybe that's the most important thing look how lucky we are you know, you know, we have yeah, our health and everything else, but um, to be given the opportunities to do what we do, to be around the people we're around, um, you know, I, I, I mean, uh, if I give, if I tell you all these things, I don't want to come across as either insincere or calculated, but like, I'll, I'll give you a, a very simple example. Um, yeah. You know, I interview a lot of people to hire people. Um, and people have to provide references or if I need a favor from somebody, I need to call and speak to somebody about somebody in the industry or a company or whatever it is. And then people give me their time. And, you know, it was a one-sided conversation. You know, I asked a bunch of my questions to get what I needed. This person was generous enough to give me their time. And then usually I say, well, how can I be helpful to you? Brilliant. And the people, that's they're just real. taken aback. Matt, they're taken aback. But like, I know you. I know well, that wait, that's like, real. Like that, that's Dave. Well, I know, but people are like, what? Nobody, nobody ever asks us that. Like what? Well, I want to be appreciative of that you gave me your time, but I mean it in a sincere way. Perhaps I can be helpful down the road. Here's my number. Keep my number. If anything ever comes up, you know, um, you know, you know I have a guy like that. that I met. His name, uh, I was lucky enough to actually have him interview me for like 15 minutes. His name is David Meltzer. I think he's known probably all over the world. Um, they based that movie, Jerry Maguire, after his, uh, oh, okay. after his, he was the CEO of that company. So he interviewed me. But I, after, we texted a little bit back and forth. And I, I always remembered, this is a, in the past year, every time I talk to him, the last thing he says is, how can I be of service to you? And I can tell he's not saying it because it's something he's programmed to say. I, he, 
I mean, I, I feel like he really means it. And wow, is that powerful? Like, yeah. and that's what you're saying. Like, how can I help you? How can I be of service to you? Um, that's real. And I know you, and I know that that's real. Yeah. And again, it all comes down to it costs nothing to be nice to people. Yeah. And that's, that's really what you're saying. And yeah. it's being appreciative of what people can do and what people do do, expecting nothing in return. And I mean, Matt, I, I can't tell you, I mean, I, I have told you as we speak socially, um, just about experiences and things that happen. It's just, I mean, maybe it's not luck anymore. Maybe it's just, you put yourself in these situations to succeed and they just keep happening. <laughs> but um, there's no way. The hold, on, hold on. I got to stop you. I have to, because you just said another golden nugget. I, I don't know what book I read this in, but I, I'll never forget it. And it was a definition of luck is the, um, the combination of preparation, oh, opportunity and preparation. Because mm -hmm. if you don't, how, if you think you're lucky, in order to even recognize that you feel lucky, that means you, 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 you saw something, you realized something. Well, then was it really luck? I mean, was it really luck that you ended up with that first opportunity? No, you were prepared and an opportunity presented itself and you put that together. Yeah, you recognize that opportunity. And then you, know? you can capitalize on it. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was a great, I, I probably just took you off track of something you were going to say that was brilliant. Yeah. No, but, look, uh, better, better. I used to say better lucky than smart. But, <laughs> um, but I have know. a question for you because you were, you were getting onto a topic and I think you were going this direction. Things have happened um, in your life, like happens in everybody's life. There's personal things, there's business things. I, you know, I know you've shared with me some really powerful stories of, uh, places you've gotten to and, and where possible stress has taken you to at some point and where happiness has taken you to. Do you find that when you're in situations that stretch you, that force you to go past what you think you're even capable of, that those have been the times where you've experienced some of your biggest growth? Yeah. And, and that's the hardest thing. And it, it's become easier as you get older. Um, but in the beginning, nobody likes change. Nobody likes being, a, you know, this go out of your comfort zone. Right. I, that, I don't like that expression, but it's really just pushing yourself, pushing the boundaries of being different. And um, yeah, I mean, I would say starting this business um, put me way out. It, it's like I not only detested the concept of consulting and things, I wanted to be an operator. That's what I always was. But you know, it, it's been incredibly gratifying. And, and, you know, when I first client gave us our chance to put us in business, because he trusted us. Um, and then when he says, wow, you know, after a year and a half, he's like, you made all my dreams come true. I mean, there's nothing better than that. What's better than that? There's nothing better than that, Matt. You know, when, when you're mean, in, a, in a service business based on trust and people are listening to you and they say, wow, we couldn't have done this without you. I mean, that's yeah. just... That's the greatest reward. Honestly, it almost brings you to tears. I mean, that's that's like, it I has. know what that feels like. That's powerful. Yeah, I mean, so, so yeah. So, but going back to it, it's it's so far out of our comfort zone, but you know, I brought together 25 years of experiences. Wait a minute, I've done this for a company, for my one client, you know, at, the, at those other firms. And now I have several clients and um, we have a great firm and it's, but it's the, how can we be helpful to you? You know, Absolutely. what is it that you need? And it's just, it's, it's incredibly powerful. It's empowering. It's gratifying. 
And, um, you know, and that's what we're about now. So, you know, all the uh, years, again, I didn't know you back then, but I mean, I've heard you tell me war stories, all the years you worked, um, you know, quote unquote on wall street, you know, I don't know if you're literally there, but that, that whole life and, um, leading up to that. And then one hedge fund then another hedge fund, you, you had the confidence, which we talked about and, you know, you called it the swagger. I mean, so the, the, um, the certainty because of your experience, you had all these things, um, but you still along the way must have been pushing yourself beyond limits because you kept doing things that you hadn't done before. You kept leading possibly bigger teams, um, maybe doing bigger deals. It's new. It's, it's still pushing your limits, right? It, it is, Matt, but it was just, you know, when I problem solve, I say, okay, what are my objectives? What am I trying to do? And break it down into pieces. And regardless of the size of the team or the size of the deal or whatever it is, the common traits are there in every everything, and you know, uh, I'll give you an example as as a big transaction. Um, you know, what we do is we help investment managers build their businesses, uh, and sometimes that involves capital raising and fundraising. Uh, well, I've done that for a, a big portion of my career. When somebody pushed me out of my comfort zone, they said you know, back when I was in my early thirties, they said, you know, do you want to be the accountant from New Jersey your whole life? Or do you want to really make a difference in the industry? And I was like, but I don't know what to do. He said, well, let me help you. And you know, he's one of my closest friends today. Um, and this isn't the same mentor you mentioned before. This is somebody no, different. this is somebody different. Okay. This was uh, somebody I worked with and, um, he just, you know, he's been really successful. He was, uh, but he just, you know, truth be told, the first two years we worked together, we didn't, he didn't talk to me at all. And years later, he told me, well, he goes, nobody ever lasted in your job. So I didn't bother to get to know them. And by the time I realized you were going to be successful, I was like, oh, now it's worth it to talk to him. So it sounds like it could be a little, that's weird, but he was sort of making a joke, like, you know, nobody ever lasted in that job. It was too tough and people just left. So by the time he got to know them, they left. So, but, uh, yeah, we brought up something twice though, that I gotta, I gotta just ask you about which in two different ways, it's, it's, it's mentors. And I still have, I have two more questions. I want to, I want to talk with you about before we wind it down. You, you've mentioned, well, one mentor specifically, and the person you just mentioned sounds like it could have been could have been something like that, but how important have mentors been and how important do you think a mentor is to somebody as they're trying to figure out how do they, how do they win? How do they reach whatever it is that they define as success? Are mentors a part of that? Absolutely. Yes. I will say firsthand, I could not, I would not be where I am today if it were not for the guidance of certain people. Uh, I call them mentors, their friends, their but they're mentors, you know, they're industry advisors, advisors, people I can talk to that I trust. And uh, I try to give back now, you know, one of the things, you know, so, so to answer your question is, I think it's incredibly important um, to ask for help. You know, how, how, how many times do you see somebody say, you know what, I, I don't understand. I need help. You know, that used to be viewed as weakness. Uh, people's egos get in the way i mean it's 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 really ridiculous you know it's yeah. you need to ask for help 
and um, and the, the mentors, I'm sorry to, to interject, but that's really important. You have to ask. Yeah, it's ask for help. There's nothing wrong. Nobody knows everything. There is no perfect. I struggled for years, Matt, and I got sick over this. There is no perfect. You can't know everything. And you know how many people out there struggle because they want things to be perfect. They put pressure on themselves. It probably goes back to their childhood people putting pressure on them playing in sports as a child. I mean, you carry this with you your whole life. I was life. there. You know? I was there and I I figured it out about 5 years ago. Yeah. And it's I'm really a different person. I'm a different person today. You're there still achieving. Is... You're still getting it done. You're still successful in a different way, but without the self-imposed inner voice hitting you with that pressure of perfection. Uh-huh. That's that's intense. I mean, I can relate there, to that. And you and I have talked about is, it. It's intense. No, in anything there is no perfect and it's a construct of your mind whatever you think perfect is exactly you know exactly so um yeah and, and now what i do is i help i mean part of what our business is is mentorship but outside of business you know let's, let's move off business for a minute is um you know there's a bunch of young people in um in Texas, uh, that I speak to every week as a group, uh, their boss who I worked with at that original hedge fund said, Hey, can you teach them some basic financial stuff? Like you used to do with us back in the nineties, you know, savings and retirement savings and, and invest basic investing. And I'm like, these are all finance professionals, but now they want to hear from me. And it's so gratifying because they're a nice young group of people. They're always asking questions and I give them an hour once a week and they all have my number and they can call me, you know, and, and it's just, it's pretty awesome. That's so rewarding. And it's, by the way, it's that same theme again, like, oh, they want to hear from me. Well, everybody wants to hear from you. And, and that, that understands the, the value of, of the knowledge you have. You yeah. I, I said to the guy who introduced me, what the hell do they want to talk to me for? Like, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> Guitar. Like, just tell them some lessons. And so I decided my, the first session, I was like, okay, group, why are you here? Why are you, why did you get involved in finance? We went around the room virtually, Yeah. you know, what's interesting to you. And, and we have a rapport now and it's, it's a really nice group of, of people. And uh, at first it was going to be a one-off and I was like, you know what, we're not done. Yeah. So let's More, do a weekly, yeah, let's do a weekly, you know, let's get all your taxes done and get you situated for 2020 and 21. And then we'll talk about other things, you know, and, you know, these are, again, these are young financial professionals. And I, I said, I said, Hey gang, I said, this is what I always used to tell people when I was younger, when I started to be a little more senior. Um, I said, do you want to know how you want to know how you make a lot of money? I said, guys, why do you want to be in this business? Oh, well, I want a lot of money or whatever. And I'm like, okay. Um, I said, you know, you want to know how you make a lot of money in this business? And they said, how? And I said, stay in the business a long time. Don't it goes do back to no shortcuts. Don't do Work anything hard. Stupid. Work hard. Don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything stupid. Don't do right. anything illegal. Um, no shortcuts. And, yeah. and that's the lesson I have for them. So it's a, it's a good group. And we, we do it every Wednesday afternoon. So it's good. You know, you transition into something really interesting, which is the idea of what's most important in life. And you're kind of telling these, these guys in a roundabout way um, that 
they should think about what it is that they want. And maybe for them, it's about, it's about money and financial success because of the stage in life that they're at. But now looking back and now being where you are, what, what are you, first of all, how, there's two questions. How has your view of money and wealth and achievement changed from being twenties and thirties? I'm not going to say your age, but to being uh, a mature business owner now with a lot of experience, how has your view changed of money and wealth? Oh, sure. It's, it's changed drastically. I mean, um, you know, I'm not ashamed. I've been very financially successful um, through hard work and, and drive and, and the pat being fortunate enough to be involved in something that I really do like. And I don't do what I do for the money now. You know, I do it because I love it. And it's intellectually stimulating. I get to help people. Um, obviously, it's financial rewarding, but that's not why I started it. Um, you know, when I was younger, that's what drove me. And as I pointed out earlier, I made a very bad decision that it was very obvious to somebody else. But look, he saw it as um, not a great decision, but he didn't point it out. And you know what? I'm here today as a result. So everybody's got to make mistakes. You know, everybody's got to follow their own path. And um, so, yeah, the, the concept of the finance side has, you know, has shifted, you know, um, you know, I'm at the, I'm, and I'm, you can say my age, I'm 53. So you've evolved um, though. Your, your view has changed, yeah, my, you know, I've from, just, I'm just I've make as much money as I can, you know, I don't think that way anymore. I just, you yeah. know, look, there's always going to be somebody with more. It doesn't <laughs> matter. It doesn't matter. It's what makes you happy. There and what are your priorities there and look as you age your priorities do change and um you know, it doesn't mean it's still not important but your priorities change so i think just over time as you you know achieve um you know financial resources or, or accumulate wealth you know, your priorities just change um you know if you're fortunate enough to be in that in that situation and then you have other goals and other things you want to be successful, whether it be personal health or, you know, which I'm working on, but, um, but other things that, you know, could be taking up an instrument or, or learning about a new topic or learning how to cook or whatever it could be. And, um, but what do each of the, what do each of those things bring? They bring you joy. They bring you happiness. They bring you fulfillment. I mean, that's really where, where, where it goes right after you realize okay i'm capable of of being financially successful because i have that in my it's i have control of that i can make it happen if right. i choose to work hard enough but then as you mentioned like you know earlier things do um get impacted along the way there are things that you know possibly family possibly children possibly um you know the relationships while we're striving right but then we get to this next point in our life where it's like okay that wait, was that really as important as I thought it was? Because, because what's really important, like you said, you got to be happy. I mean, we're on this planet to be happy at yeah. the end of the day, you know, um, and maybe you don't reach financial success or, or whatever your goal was. You still got to be happy along the way. Yeah. We're all you know, it takes some of us a long time to figure that out. Yeah. Look, I, I do have to wrap up in a minute. We can always continue, but right, yeah. Yeah, it goes back to, you know, I started when I was 14 years old, started playing guitar. Um, that made me happy and it still makes me happy today. And it's funny when, when I was 16 or 17, 
uh, we played in a battle of the bands and we won the battle of the bands. And uh, there was an article in the, in the paper about us in the local paper. And it said, Gerber wants to study accounting. You know, he's not going to be a professional <laughs> musician. He wants to go study accounting at Montclair state or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, but I still go back to that. And it, it, that also makes me very happy and it just makes me who I am. All right. I know you have to go. I, I, I have one other question. Do you have two more minutes? Sure. All right. How fast can you plug one of those guitars in and play a quick ACDC riff for us? I can't. I'll do it. We'll do that again. I, I do it. Not that okay. Quick. Um, so the last question I do have for you is if there's one piece of advice you can drop, you, you gave us all kinds of things. One piece of advice when it comes to being successful, and it could be something you already said, or winning, I should say winning, um, what would it be? Um, put yourself in a position to win. You know, Ow. set your, take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of you. Go with wide, eyes wide open. Be aware of what's, of the opportunities that are presented to you. Um, listen, you know, I think it's really okay. important. Um, you know, you learn so much more by listening, not talking. And, um, and surround yourself with really smart people. And I think Perfect. with that, you put yourself in a position to win, uh, you know, eliminate the ways to, to not win. And um, you know, again, life's not about win or lose. It's more of just happiness. And, you know, those are the things that make me happy. You know, I'm, I'm very fortunate professionally. I'm very fortunate with my family and um, you know, again, just, just, be aware of what's going on around you and, and be grateful and be kind. I love it. Listen, I, I want to thank you. I, we, we should do a part two of this because we didn't even get into the, the business side of things as much as we, as we, we could and should. And we definitely want to hear you play some of that guitar. Okay. Is there anything you want to, is, if you want anybody to, to reach you or to know about your company, is there any, anything you want to uh, share or email address? Yeah. Your company? I, I, yeah, I, I post some articles thanks to you. Um, you're really good at, at social media and LinkedIn. And again, when I met you, I was like, oh, that's such a bunch of crap. I'm not doing that. I remember. You no, know, I don't need to do that. And I found it that um, I was wrong. You know what? I was wrong. And that's okay. Because I learned from you things that can just posting that can be helpful to other people. And once in a while, people reach out. Hey, I thought that was really inspiring. Would you have 15 minutes to talk? I'm like, of course. Here's my number. Give me a call. That's so awesome. So people can find you on LinkedIn. How would they find you? David Gerber or the name of your company? Either David Gerber or Wolfgang Capital or Wolfgang Advisors. Wolfgang Capital, Wolfgang Advisors, David Gerber. Um, we're going to do a part two. This is really cool. Okay. You're when you find me, the picture is about five or six years old. I'm much more handsome, but it's still the same guy. Awesome. All right. Listen, thank you so much for coming on. I, I, I know that you said so much. We talked about so many things. I know that there's going to be people that are going to get value out of this. I'm certain of it. I hope so. So um, We'll do it again soon. And uh, everybody reach out to David if you have any, any questions, even if you want some advice on, on how to be successful. Go on LinkedIn and, and send him a message. David, how do I what should I do? I'm sure he'd be happy to give you some advice.